if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving us a shot. The Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this exclusive offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. You can also subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. Don't forget to like and share there as well, if that's where you're tuning in. And you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. So, I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about mountaintop experiences. Now, I do know the... Uh, I'm going to put a little bit of a twist on this quote. This quote was actually selected by the community. All of our quotes that uh, we discuss on the podcast are actually as a result of the feedback I get from the Facebook page. And this one is really good, but it's also kind of deceptive in some ways, I think. Because it does come in some contrast to my philosophy. Um, So I'm kind of excited to kind of unpack that a little bit today. Because if you cannot do great things implies what is well I guess I should say what is a great thing right so have we ever sat down and like really considered what are the things in our life that we consider to be great like if we were to sit down and say what is something great what is a great accomplishment what is some goal that we could achieve that would be spectacular or amazing or significant And then when we sit down to actually think about these goals, I feel like in a lot of ways, and this is for me, how I define something that would be a great thing is really deceptive. Like I feel like a lot of my definitions of what a great thing is can be incredibly superficial. You know, you think of great things as Something that everybody will remember you for, you know, these significant moments of heroism or courage or you built this great empire or uh, business empire or everybody knows who you are. You're a celebrity, you know, like it's like I feel like a lot of our definitions of greatness are defined for us rather than us defining them ourselves. And I think this is really where this quote can be a trap because in in a lot of ways, if we aren't careful about what we think or what we define as greatness, we can allow the world to define that for us and culture to define that for us. And then we get caught in a trap of chasing something that really isn't that great. And so that's concerning. 
that can be concerning. So we, we, before we can even implement this, you can, if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. We need to know what a great thing is. We need to be able to define that. You know, what do we consider greatness? So we, we really run a risk against disappointment and ingratitude and unmet expectations if, if we don't stop to really think about how we define greatness. Because I actually think the second part of the quote does a better job defining that for us or at least laying the foundation for what greatness really is. And, and that's like, it's, I've, I've really wrestled with it this morning as I was really trying to contemplate what I wanted to talk about when I saw this, this quote, because it's like, arguably that second part is greatness where it says do small things in a great way. I still wrestle with the idea that there needs to be this seemingly significant milestones of greatness in my life. But the older I get and the more experience I have with life, the more that second part of that quote, I think, is the definition of greatness. That doing small things in a great way, I feel like that resonates with a lot of people because most of our lives are made up of these small things, you know, like these everyday acts of courage and strength that we don't ever get acknowledged for the drudgery and the mundaneness of everyday life where we wake up and we are consistently there for people and we're reliable either at our jobs we're there for our friends we're there for our families these seemingly small insignificant things are arguably the most significant things And so I think wrapped up in this quote, and I think the reason it does resonate with a lot of people, and I could be wrong, the reason it does resonate with a lot of people, in my opinion, is that it it does point to that, that deep, deep truth that we all kind of know. And that is, we all kind of know that the small things that we do every single day are the most important things. They are the great things. And if we get caught up in what I like to, I, and I have this conversation with my wife quite a bit, and I've been wrestling with it all weekend, to be honest with you, is if we get caught up in our heads in these huge mountaintop experiences, which is really kind of the way to define the great things. If you cannot do great things, you know, like to me, it's like, if you can't do great, if you can't be great, then be small and be happy with it. Like, that's not, that's not what a, the quote really, I think signifies it's in a lot of ways every way we definitely we define greatness on that massive scale of that mountaintop experience or that great popularity or celebrity experience or a lot of that is so incredibly superficial and if you look at the people who are the most successful and you really sit down and have a conversation with them. As I've talked to a lot of people who are incredibly successful with their families. I've talked to people who are successful at their jobs. I've had really, really good conversations with people who are just 
successful at their health, successful at um, their at their whatever their profession is. So like I I follow a lot of people who are people like David Goggins who are incredibly good at they became Navy SEALs, they became the Ultraman. And if I if I look back and right now they are they're popular, they're famous, right? And they quote unquote they've accomplished great things, quote unquote. But really, their lives were not a singular great thing. You know, like when, when you kind of unpack their lives and you, and you look deeper into the things that they did, the truth is, is they do the everyday things really well. They do these small things in a great way. They focus on what's immediately in front of them for that day. And they do it to the best of their ability. And they do this consistently. And this greatness or whatever, the the manifestation of all the results of that discipline and that character of doing small things in a great way, what we see from the outside looking in, because now we've heard of them, is we see the final end result of that. Like we see the final culmination. Like by the time that person crosses our path because they've been they've they've been elevated in their career or whatever it might be, we are we're seeing the final fruits of that in a lot of ways. And then we we convince ourselves that that was their goal to begin with, but if you if you see these personalities in, in a lot of cases, that wasn't their end goal. That's just where they ended up because they did the everyday things that confronted them, the small things that confronted them every single day in a great way. And I think this is really where we can get ourselves trapped is if we get wrapped up in this idea of the end goal. And we get so obsessed with, with where we want to be or where we think we're supposed to be, which, by the way, we don't always know where we want to be. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. As in most cases, we don't. We have a, It's good to have a general idea of your final goal in mind. But if we get so consumed with how we think that our expectations should be in that outcome, then we will not do well in the things that are right in front of us today. And when I say I've been wrestling with this all weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely serious about that. I'm going to go into that here in a little bit. But before I do, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out, because you listen to this show for a limited time, my listeners can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, 
No problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, .wisdomworthknowing.org, and take advantage of this free, limited-time offer for my listeners. So what I frequently wrestle with, and this is true, this is especially true in my current season of my life, what I currently wrestle with is being a good father or a great father, right? Or being a great employee or being a great whatever this is, this podcasting thing. And when I say I wrestle with it, and I did wrestle with it all weekend, is I wrestle with my perception of what success in these areas look like. And I can get an idea in my ha- in my head that's really rigid. Let's say, for example, with my kids, I can get a- an idea in my head of what a good, perfect father looks like, right? And so then when I have these moments of weakness over the weekend and I maybe, maybe I raise my voice to my kids more than I should or I over-discipline when I shouldn't or I confront them on things that honestly at their age aren't necessary to confront them about, when, when I make these mistakes in these small things, because I don't do these small things greatly, and I'm, I immediately start this comparison thing where I assume that because, like, because I'm not doing these small things in a great way, how am I ever going to become a great father, right? So I become incredibly rigid in my definition of what that looks like. And, and when you're in the thick of this, in the thick of making decisions in these small everyday things, this this whole doing small things in a great way and these this allowing yourself to fail at things because that's just part of the process not not being perfect at something that's when that really gets put to the test right when 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 you are forced into your scenarios at your job or in your relationships or in your parenting in which you make the wrong decision or you fail or you have a setback or it's not going the way you expect it to or you don't seem to be doing anything right this is where you really get tested you know on on this how how committed are you to how rigid are you to how perfect you're supposed to be and this perfectionism can be incredibly toxic because if you're a perfectionist, and, I, and I've struggled with this off and on through my life in different areas of my life, if you're a perfectionist, it's not, there's benefits to that. There's benefits to being a perfectionist, and that is that you have a very strong attention to detail, and you also tend to have better defined expectations and, and goals. But if we're too rigid and we allow the perfectionism to be unrealistic, it, bec- it can become very toxic in our everyday failures as we move towards something. Because I've talked about this a lot in the show, is that, is that it's, it's, a, it's really essential to have something to aim toward in your life, an ideal to chase. But if we get so rigid in the ideal, in the assumption that we are eventually going to be perfect, in whatever area of our life it might be, parenting, career, Um, morality, whatever it might be. If we get so rigid in that, that we do not allow ourselves to be human, we do not allow the failure 
to be part of that process, then perfectionism can really poison our ability to even move forward. Because if, if we are so obsessed with the end result, every minor setback we experience in the day-to-day becomes somewhat devastating because then we get into this circle cycle of beating ourselves up and you know why didn't I do this perfectly in other words we 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 do a really bad job accepting failure as part of the process and so the only times I've really been good at this that I can honestly say that I've been at peace in my pursuits is when I've allowed the failures to be part of the process. So in other words, I've, I've reconciled my human shortcomings and, and weaknesses. I hope I'm saying this right. I've reconciled them into the day-to-day. I've just accepted that those are part of the process. Things are, these are, it's never going to go perfectly. And that's when I'm at my best, right? So I even said this weekend, I struggled with it the whole weekend. And that happens like I'll go through seasons in which I'll really wrestle with something that that I know is true but I'm feeling a different way like my my emotions are not lined up with what I know to be true kids in particular are difficult in this aspect because kids because they are learning and developing and they're trying to figure out the whole world they emotionally respond to things a lot differently than you might. And because they're emotionally not matured yet, they will bring out the worst in you in a lot of ways because it's like a real test of patience. Like, do I have the patience to watch my kids mature? Or do I expect them to be where I'm at emotionally at eight or 11. And this is something that, like I said, I struggle with, right? You know, and I think every parent does because we we want our kids to grow up and be mature. But we also have to acknowledge the fact that the brain of an eight-year-old or the brain of a five-year-old or the brain of an 11-year-old is not matured enough to be there. And so we need to extend grace and love as they develop. And if we get rigid in our expectations of our kids, then we're not allowing them the freedom to, to learn and grow. We're, we're trying to force them to be somewhere they're just not yet, you know. And it really freaks me out when I think about things like this because I, I wonder if like, well, am I... If I am I treat am I treating my eight and my eleven year old like an eight and eleven year old, or am I treating them like somebody who I would expect to be a mature adult? And while both are appropriate at certain times, my level of grace should be higher, obviously, on a younger kid than on somebody who's more matured, you know, or was more developed. And this this tends to boomerang on me quite a bit. So so this is where I think the small things in a great way really really becomes significantly, I shouldn't say significant, it becomes very difficult. 
Because the small things in a great way, I believe, is the only way you can do great things. I think the small things are the great things. And the older I get, the more I realize just how important the small things are, the everyday things that we do and do and hopefully do well. And, and I still wrestle with this because I get focused on the mountaintop experience. Like everything I have, I do has to be this big, amazing thing in, in my head, like this grand, spectacular thing. And I don't know if it's just me, but it's got to be tied to some significant thing. And it drives me insane. But what I'm really trying to accept at this season of my life that the most impactful and powerful people I've known in my life, the most successful people I've known in my life, and I don't just mean financially, I just mean people who are just very good at what they do. And that includes being good people. They've really mastered this doing small things in a great way thing. And that's why they're successful people. It's not because they do great things. But they do do great things. <laughs> but that's like the end result of the thing, the small things they do. Does that, It's like an outgrowth. Like yeah, if I visualize it, the branches of the tree that have produced the greatness, the fruits of greatness, at the roots have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of small things that that person did in a great way. And they just mastered it. They mastered the day in, day out, small things that produced the eventual tree. And and I share my faith pretty frequently on the show. And if you're not religious, that's totally fine. But Christ you, is one of those figures in history who who emphasized the significance and importance of doing the small things. He he would do things like washing his disciples' feet. He would do things like listen to his disciples. If we took seriously. The fact that he said he was the God of the universe. If we if we decided to take that seriously, if only for a moment, like if you took that seriously for a moment, what the heck was he doing walking around in the desert having conversations with 12 fishermen? I mean, really, right? So if we take if we take this concept seriously, they weren't all fishermen, but you get the general idea here. So his entire life, if, if he's supposed to be the ideal, right? Again, we're just talking theoretical. You don't have to be religious to grasp this concept. I think this is pretty much a universal truth of, of, of the story of his life. The God of the universe decided when he was going to crash land on, the, on earth and, and teach people the ideal way to live and to love. He decided to land in the middle of a desert, which was wrought with conflict, and have conversations with 12 people over the period of three years, and then die. As he walked that road, if you, if you look at every single story, the, the amazing 
the amazingly significant part of of every story is how insignificant it is. How he feed feeds random people. He washes people's feet. He shows up at random parties. He stays at random people's houses or seemingly random. The fact is is the the the, the the moments of his, like everybody thinks of Christ and the cross and the crucifixion, which obviously was a great thing. But if you look at all of the things that were made up, all the decisions that were made up to that point, they were incredibly insignificant. They were small things done in a great way. And that's really kind of awesome. If you think about, if you took seriously just for a moment that this is supposedly the God of the universe, like the example he set was to show up on earth and wash people's feet well, and love people well, and listen to people well, and have conversations with people well. These are the seemingly small things, you know, the things that we don't really think are the great things. And I think that's just cool. You know, I think that's really, I think that's correct. You know, like, if if we accept the reality that the great things in our life, religious or not, like I said, if we accept the reality that the greatest things in our lives are these small, everyday acts of service and acts of love and conversations that we have, and we, and we begin to do those things really well, we take good care of our homes, we take good care of our families, we take good care of our customers we take good care of our dogs you know our friends greatness becomes an outgrowth of that and it's undeniable it's a historical fact that his life changed the world it's a historical fact you know whether whether you believe the story or not like a life of humility in which a person does small things really well has an impact. Now, you, your your impact may not be on the level of <laughs> of of Christ, of course, but like the point is, is that I it's I'm hard pressed to find anybody who's genuinely a successful person where they they did not do this, did not learn to do this. So yeah. If you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. And I would like to add to that. The small things in a great way are the great things. Kind of twist that around on itself. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Thank you for joining me today. Don't forget to, before you leave, like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network or whatever network you're listening on. That helps the show grow. It feeds the algorithms. That's on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also like, share, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Again, that also feeds the algorithms and helps the show grow. Feel free to visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org. You can uh, connect with the show there and also listen to every episode. You can also donate if you feel the show is very um, beneficial for you and it'll help the show grow as well. 
The show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. Until next time, if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. And let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. See you tomorrow.